I'm Kerry Fink. Welcome to this week's edition of the Kingdom Living Podcast. What a great time are we going to have today with Glenn Reppel. Hello, Glenn. How are you? Hey, fantastic. We're going to have fun because that Kingdom Living really fits with today's program. I, uh, I am so excited. This is a special great. edition and you've got a wonderful friend to introduce. And I think we're going to get so much out of this because Glenn, as we talked about you know your own your own background as a as a successful business person with what you do with your company GA Repl, and that you always tell people that you were discipled and came to the Lord through through really all the work that you did in business, and that's what led you to start the Repl Minute back in two thousand six as that daily Monday through Friday kind of like biblical encouragement moment, and then uh, that kind of led us as we've talked about so many times. Uh, the Lord gave you this book, Fraud, What God Has to Say About the Tactics of the Enemy. And I love it because it's just so such an unintimidating but yet power-packed kind of uh, exploration uh, that really helps us get into the things. And that by itself led us into everything we do with Kingdom Living. And here we are, 114 Kingdom Living podcasts into it, and just really excited to see the number of people that it's reaching, not only here in the United States, but globally. Uh, because the Bible is clear. That's our mandate, take the gospel out to the world. And there's been some really tremendous teachings, Glenn. I'm talking about uh, things like the, the last one, uh, we were just we were just seeing some numbers coming in, over a million and a half people were reached with, uh, with uh, the last message we did called Twin of Jesus. And, and before that, we've had things like Let's Go, where you uh, were presenting a really powerful kind of like sum, summation of some of the concepts in fraud, what God has to say about the tactics of the enemy at the American Evangelistic Association conference uh, recently in Melbourne. And then, you know, I love some of the, the titles. And by the way, if you're new to this, you can find all of these titles at therepleminute.com because everything is there for you. The Repel Minute, the fraud series, the uh, Kingdom Living. The only thing you won't find there, Glenn, is a donate button. I mean, literally, that's it. <laughs> Yeah, it, it is such an honor to just uh, to God be the glory that, that how how his word is spreading all across the earth. And it's so neat. And and so it it is uh, it is my privilege to, to have Jeff Bigby here with us today. And Jeff is the president and founder of Awaken the Nations. We've we've walked together. Uh, we just loved on each other as we've gone out and ministered. We've we've gone out and taken lunch and prayed over, uh, prayed over Christian businesses uh, as a group. And uh, he's, he's been a, a mentor to me in a lot of ways, uh, just in, in healing and teaching healing. Uh, and he's just one of these guys I call up if I have a question, and he's got that answer there. And it's just, but the glow, the love of the Lord just radiates through him. He's filled with the Holy Spirit, and it's so exciting. And so his primary goal is to awaken people to the revelation of Jesus as king and the advancement of his kingdom, because that's what we're all about, too. He's, he's a strategist with an ability to train, equip, and maximize those with God-inspired plans. He operated, he operated as a powerful kingdom leader uh, for, for 25 years now. And, and as God's word declares, transformation comes from renewing your mind. As a man thinks, so is he. Jeff believes you can change your life by thinking differently. This truth could bring imaginable victory and success to your life. He builds and develops leaders globally with an emphasis on the kingdom mindset. 
And in this, everything we've been talking about in Kingdom Living, how kings think, speak, operate, and advance, whether it fits right into everything we're talking about. He leads a private network of CEOs, presidents, and entrepreneurs. Together, they leverage wisdom, wealth, and influence to advance the kingdom and bless the nations. Jeff's latest development, and this is this is what we really want to talk about today. Jeff's latest development, listen to this, is producing kings, producing kings, moving leaders through the process of becoming kings. And look at this, dominating in life and business. We're not sitting in the church pew. We're out there dominating in life and business. This master class moves you from servant, from a servant to your identity and sonship, stuff we've talked on, to your benefits, your benefit package as royalty, your power as a king, and your assignment in the kingdom. Let me just go through that again. Because this is what we're, the master class moves you from, from a servant, the servant, we're going to talk about this, to your identity and sonship, your benefits as royalty, your power as a king, and your assignment in the kingdom. Jeff loves and pursues the presence, the word, and the glory of God. We, he absolutely believes we are, are here to produce, multiply for Jesus Christ. Oh, wow. Let us welcome Jeff. What an honor and a privilege it is, Jeff, to have you here uh, as a friend, as a brother, and as a fellow king here on earth. And, uh, uh, you know, when I call Jeff on the phone, I say, hey, King Jeff, how are you doing? And that's why I speak to uh, also to Carrie. Uh, it's King Carrie. Uh, and we are kings, and we recognize our position here. So uh, what an honor it is to have you here, Jeff. So uh, uh, please welcome. And so, uh, you know, one of the things that I, I really would like to just mention that we talk about uh, is this master's class, but this idea of moving uh, from a servant and a slave-type mindset to a son uh, in, into, into the... What, tell us about this. So, well, first of all, thank you so much, Glenn, for having me on your podcast. It is an honor to be joining you and Carrie. And uh, it's it's incredible what you guys have accomplished so far. And I believe God's going to just continue to create the pathway for those rivers of living water to continue to flow, bring the message of Christ, bring the message of the kingdom and uh, the transformation that can take place and all that is possible through God. I mean, come on. We are living in one of the greatest times on the planet. We've got God with us. We've got power. We've got authority. We have favor. We have technology. We can literally do what Jesus said, do greater works in reaching the world. So it's an honor to be with you guys. So thank you. Um, you know, this all really started for me uh, in the genesis of Genesis. You know, I was struggling in my relationship with God. I, I, I had this very awkward way of approaching God. I kept hearing what pastors and leaders were saying. And I could see it for everybody else, but I had a hard time approaching God on my own directly as a son. And because sonship had not been awakened in me yet, all I could think of was the servant, uh, the concept of servant. And as time went on, I, I had a tremendous prayer life and I was getting a lot of things accomplished and getting lots of revelation, but I didn't have a personal revelation on sonship. And in spending time in the word, spending time in prayer, one of the things I noticed was when you look through Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, what you hear Jesus saying constantly is father, father, father. He says father more than he ever says God. He refers to God formally, 
sometimes when he's talking to the people, but the majority of the time he's referring to him as father. And I kept saying, how come I refer to him as God more than I refer to him as father? And that's when my awakening started taking place. The Lord started showing me you're living as a servant rather than living as a son. And look, let me just define this and make this real clear. We all serve, but our identity is not servant. And that's the problem. I was identifying myself as a servant rather than as a son. And once I was awakened to the reality that there's a different level and different understanding, I moved into that understanding and that revelation of sonship. And when I moved into that, everything in my life began to change. I began to approach God differently. I began to get greater breakthroughs, greater revelations, greater understanding. And I began to live a life of father-son relationship rather than God-servant relationship. And that changed my life. Wow, that is so good. And and so how we how and, and again, this is the transition that you're you're helping uh, many uh, entrepreneurs and, and and talk about the marketplace because that that's one of the things you've been called to because uh, you've been in the church, you've been as a pastor and, and a leader in the church, uh, and and so uh, you've stepped out and uh, and 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 see the marketplace. What what's what's that look for, like for you? You know, I think that I really, truly believe that in the next five years, the greatest advancement of the kingdom is going to come through business leaders in the space that God has given them. And um, as you look through scripture, you actually see the majority of the time that Jesus is out doing ministry, it's not in the facility. It's not in the temple. It's actually in the real world. And so business leaders in their space, in the marketplace, that's the real world. And if we can just train and equip and empower business leaders to understand this is your calling, this is your ministry, this is your mandate, and the place that God has given you to minister to and to dominate is the space called business. Once we get them into a revelation of understanding that their ministry and calling is business and that God has given them an ability to create, um, innovate, succeed, but also influence, that begins to change the world. And so if we have business leaders that have a revelation that I am a son with royal benefits, power is a king, and my assignment is to advance the kingdom in the space he's called me to, that's when we begin to see the world change. So that is the primary focus for me. I spend a lot of my time with CEOs, entrepreneurs, founders, presidents, business leaders, giving them this understanding and helping move them through the process so that as they're in their, mar in their space in the market, they're actually dominating, not just successfully, we call it purpose beyond profits. We don't just go in to create profit. We go in to create and fulfill purpose, and profit is a part of the byproduct. Amen. Amen. So how does a person move from that, that slave or servant mindset? Because that's kind of where we, we, we get saved. We come to Christ, and, and we sit in the pew, and, and, and we, we're, we're there to serve. How do we move from that servant uh, mindset to, to a son? And then we're going to talk about going from a son to our, our king. Uh, and, and I also yes. want to talk about, I want to talk about the garments too that we've had conversations on. So uh, yeah, let's talk about how we, how we move through that servant and get out of that mindset. Yeah, so, so I believe this, I absolutely believe, and this was my own experience, but I also watched in the experience of multitudes of Christians uh, throughout the nation. And I've worked throughout the nation with many different types of businesses and leaders and so on and so forth. And, you know, I believe this. I think that if you are a, if you're a servant, 
if you have a servant mindset, I'm talking about the not healthy part, the slave slash bondage mindset. I think you know it and you act like that. So for example, we have uh, somebody that comes and cleans our house. She she comes once every two weeks or so. Um, I'm going to use the crude word. Let's just call her servant or slave would be too bad because we actually pay her to come and clean the house or what have you. But she's a servant in our home. Okay. As a servant, she has access to every single part of our house only at a particular time at a particular assigned day. And that's it. So she has access to our bedroom, our refrigerator. She cleans things. She moves things around. She has access to our, our master closet. She has access to every single place in our house for that given moment and that given day. But after that time is up, if she shows up in our room at 12 midnight, we've got a problem because she doesn't belong there because she's a servant. And not only do I know that, but she knows that. And my wife knows that. So as a servant, she knows I have access for a a very small period of time. A son or a daughter has access at all times. So helping people understand that you have to shift from this servant mentality, because when you have a servant mentality, you know what else you have? You have a boss. And when you relate, you relate to a boss far differently than you relate to a father. And so if you stay in the servant mentality, you'll never truly approach the father in fullness as a son or a daughter, and you'll never acquire or receive from the father the fullness that he has for you as a father to a son or a daughter. So we have to make that shift so that in our minds, we start functioning and operating as sons and daughters rather than as servants who are trying to please their boss. And there's just a few things there. I mean, there's some major things. For example, a servant gets hired. A son is perpetual. It's forever, right? A servant has a boss. A son has a father. You see how we're relating to this and how that changes things, the dynamics change, depending on if you're a servant or a son. Um, A servant is always trying to please his boss. A son is pleasing to the father. Remember what what, what God said to Jesus. You're my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. So sons are pleasing to the father. A servant is trying to please the father. So you can see how detrimental it is when you have a servant mindset rather than a sonship mindset. And so we're sons based on the fact that we're birthed of God, created by God, received by God, reconciled by God. And we've been brought into the family of God by his blood, by his grace. But bringing into the family, he didn't bring servants in. He brought sons in. When you came into the kingdom, you became a son. Women, you became daughters. That's what's happened. And so you have to shift from this mindset of I'm a servant to I'm a son or I'm a daughter. When you do that, you start relating to him as father far more than you do as God or boss. And when you do that, that there seems to be that cloud of confusion gets cleared away. And all of a sudden, clear revelation starts coming in. True love starts coming in. I'm functioning in unconditional love rather than, and I really believe this. I think I think servants function in conditional love and sons function in unconditional love. Just yeah. like the, if you look at the, the prodigal son, for example, he went from son to servant. And when he was on his way back, decided, I'm no longer worthy to be called my son's, uh, my father's son. I'll go back to him. And, and I'm paraphrasing this. I'm going to go back to him and, and I'll just be a servant. And his father wouldn't have it. He looked at him and said, best robe, best garments, fatted calf. Let's celebrate. Why? Because when you're a son, 
you're always a son. When you're a servant, that's a whole different game. So we want to shift from servant into son uh, and sonship. And in sonship, we're relating to his father, father, son. That changes all of our dynamics. That's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. So and then so uh, as as a son, also excuse me, as as a as a servant, uh, we're always trying to perform. It's a performance based uh, thinking uh, versus an identity. Uh, type of thing. So our identity is as a son. Now, how do we move uh, from the sonship uh, into being a king? And and again, uh, we, we talk about the gar the garments and 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 uh, I just okay. want to yeah want to get into that some too. So there's a lot to pack into this or to unpack. So Glenn, think of it in terms of this. In Ecclesiastes, it says that God has put eternity in the hearts of all men. Okay, now. This is a this is my version of that. In eternity, everything that God wanted to do in Glenn Reppel's life and in uh, Carrie's life and my life and all the people that are listening, everything he wanted to do, he put a seed in there for that. So if there's a thousand major things God wants to do over your 85 to 95 years, there's a thousand seeds in there. Every one of those seeds needs to be awakened. Okay, so there's a seed in there for eternal life. That is coming to, you know, where's eternal life? What's life all about? Well, eternal life is found in Christ. He reconciles you to the Father and that connects you to eternal life. So there's a seed. How does that seed get awakened? It gets awakened through the preaching of the gospel. How can they believe on him of whom they have not heard? So when we preach Christ, that seed gets awakened and they become eternal. They become eternal beings. They get saved. Their life is new. They have a spirit now that's born. And so they're now awakened and they have that eternal life. There's a seed for son, there's a seed for royalty, there's a seed for king, there's a seed for kingdom, and there's a seed for every major thing that God wants to do in your life. And so when you start, when we walk them through the process, we walk them through the process by awakening each level and each one of these seeds. So the son, the sonship gets awakened. The next level is actually royalty. Okay. So watch this. Here, here's how royalty works. If um, Isaiah said it this way. Isaiah said, um, he said he had seen this vision and he said, I see the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up and the train of his robe fills the temple. And then he says, my eyes have seen the king. Only kings sit on thrones. So God is a king, period. Okay. If you look at Genesis 1.12, Genesis 1.12 says, Every seed reproduces after its own kind. So if God is a king, that makes him royal, and he has offspring, what does that make his offspring? Kings. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It makes his offspring royalty. So royalty, royal blood is running through our lives, okay? Um, so every seed reproduces after its own kind in John chapter one, verse 12, I think it's around there, says as many as received Christ, he gave them the right to become children of God. So if we're children of God and he's royalty, we're royalty because think of it this way. In England, we, see, crowns, thrones, kingdoms, and royalty is very hard for us to understand in America because we don't live in a kingdom in America, not like England does. They understand it better. There's two things in England. There's only two things. There's royalty and there's commoners. That's it. Okay. In the kingdom of God, it is impossible for a king 
to have a commoner because royal blood is running through them. So in order to transition from sonship to royalty, we're already in, we're just born of God. It just takes waking up the mind and realizing, okay, I am a son, but I'm also royal. And guess what happens with royalty? You have benefits that commoners do not. So as a royal, we have access to the authority, the power. What does the Bible say? Come boldly to the throne of grace. You know, uh, commoners can't just walk into the palace and they can't go up to the throne. They stand outside the palace. There are there are things that are, they have gates around the palace. They have fences. They have all kinds of security around the palace. But when you're a son or a daughter of royalty, you have access. And so because of that, we're born of God. That means we're royalty. That means we have all the benefits of royalty. That means healing, power, favor, authority, blessings, anointing, you name it. We've got all the benefits of the kingdom. Does that make sense so far? Wow, that's powerful. Yeah, a benefit package. Okay. Yeah. What, what an amazing benefit package we get. So we become sons through the revelation or coming into, you know, coming through Christ. But as sons, we're royal sons who have benefits. Okay. And so <clears throat> that's how you move to the, the, the benefit side of royalty, moving to become a king. Um, God said to Sarah, Kings shall come from you. God said to Jacob, Kings shall come from you. Jesus says in the book of revelation that I will make them Kings and priests before our God. So and, and there's a verse that says Jesus is the king of kings. In my younger years, I'd always thought of that as, oh, Jesus is over the king of Egypt. He's over the king of, you know, Jordan. He's, I, I thought of it in that terms. And yes, he is. But think of it in terms of this. God has a kingdom. He, Jesus is king over that kingdom. And we're kings within that kingdom based on the place he's assigned us. So God has made Glenn a king in the wealth management space, and he is to dominate in that territory, which means he's supposed to produce, multiply, fill the earth, subdue, and have dominion. So there's five attributes God gives us as kings to be able to succeed, and that is in Genesis 1.28. So we move from sonship to royalty, that's our benefits, but then we move from royalty into kingship. Why? Because Jesus created us to be kings in the earth because in the earth it takes somebody in power and authority to be able to execute and dominate and bring forth the things that God wants them to bring forth. So producing kings is all about the men of God and women of God that God created moving from servant to son, son to royalty, royalty to king, so that they can dominate in the space that God created them to dominate in. Does that make sense? Yeah, and, and so the kings are also sons. You know, so the scripture in Romans, it talks yes. about the whole, everything is the earth and everything's just crying out for the manifestation of sons to get it. Everything's looking to be redeemed. And so it's kings and sons and sons as kings, uh, that redemption is, is there. Uh, now, and again, this isn't something we get through just uh, a history lesson. Uh, Jeff, Correct. 
And, and again, as as we've said in our teachings, is that uh, uh, this is a, if if uh, if this isn't the truth, you know, if Jeff is just talking here, uh, don't pay attention. But if it's the Holy Spirit speaking through Jeff, you want to pay attention. That if this is the spirit of God, if this is truth, that's speaking right to the people's hearts. And this is so important that we get this, that we understand our, our position, our identity as sons, and, 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 and that we have that royal blood. We have that bloodline of Jesus' bloodline coming through. And this is for all mankind. This is for all mankind. And, uh, and, and, and then, Jeff, I know we've had conversations about uh, putting on putting on the uh, on the robe and the, the garments and and what that looks like and 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 just you know maybe talk a little about that but I think you want to go into the the kingdom a little more too you want to speak on the kingdom some more yeah and let me just touch on something you said something really powerful you said all all kings are sons yeah. here's a major major piece that you want to lay hold of all kings are sons but not all sons become kings all now I'm going to say it again all, all kings are sons, not all sons become kings because of lack of knowledge, mm -hmm. biblical ignorance, staying in the position of servant rather than moving through the process of what God created us to be. So all son, all kings are sons because it's impossible to be a son of God. I mean, a king without being a son of God, you have to be in the bloodline, but not all sons become kings because they lack knowledge. And so one of the things we want to do is help people gain an understanding of what is the knowledge that God has given us in order to become all that God created us to be. Let me just say this. Becoming the fullest expression of you that God created you to be is the best way for you to glorify God. That is the greatest way for you to glorify God. He made you to be a king. When you stand before God and you don't arrive to the fullest level that he created you to be, we have to answer for that. And so in order to fully glorify God, we want to become the fullest expression. And the fullest expression is becoming a king dominating in that space. Now, let me also touch on this. There are five major attributes God has given to all mankind when he created us. Genesis 1.28. He blew into us the breath of life and then blessed us with this first blessing. Be fruitful multiply, fill the earth, subdue, and have dominion, okay? Those are five kingdom attributes that God gave us inside of us. It's in every single person. There's not a planet person on the planet born without it. A couple things about this. Jesus did all five of those. He produced, he multiplied, filled the earth, subdued, and had dominion, okay? He fulfilled all five of those. <clears throat> we are created to fulfill those. And when we walk on those, and by the way, let me speak to this from a business perspective. Business leaders, CEOs, presidents, founders, pre entrepreneurs, whatever you are, COOs, CFOs, whatever you're doing to work in a major space, this is what it sounds like in the business sector. Um, produce, scale. We have to scale our business. Uh, multiply means to influence the world. Um, the uh, subduing means discipline. And of course, dominating means to dominate in that space. So for business leaders, you are to produce, scale, influence, discipline, and dominate. When you do that, you're glorifying God. 
That's how we ultimately fulfill our purpose to glorify God by operating in all five of those. Wow, that is so powerful. Uh, moving from a son to a king and just knowing our role as a king is to dominate. Uh, and again, uh, just knowing that business has such an important part because what we have in so many churches is the businessmen are sitting in the pew and they don't really know their identity and their function and the anointing that they've got. And again, I, I was blessed because I got discipled in business and I look at business uh, as a uh, as a ministry uh, and, and actually it, it was said is we're for profit ministry. Uh, as a business, yes. and, uh, and and that way, uh, the profit flows through out to ministry, but more importantly, uh, we're, we're in the business of redemption, because every, in business, there's things broken, there's there's phone calls that come in, we're dealing with people, and, and what a mess that is, uh, uh, and, and it is delivering on time, uh, speaking the truth, and, and people come in, and, and They've got their own issues uh, themselves uh, and the families and, and financial issues. And, and so uh, we're here uh, to, to bring the love of Jesus into people's lives. And what, what a better place because we're open, uh, you, know, you know, from eight to 10 and, and taking phone calls and, and just we're here to love on people. And so uh, what a great way to, to be marketplace ministers. And Jeff, uh, thank you. Well, for that. Glenn, thank you. Just think about this, Glenn. Think about this. You have people in your workspace that are with you more than they're with their family at home. Yeah. Time-wise. They're wife, absolutely in. My wife tells so, me that all the time. <laughs> oh, that's right. So, Glenn, get home. But other than that, but, but think about this. Here's something, and you, Glenn, you and I have talked about this, and this, this absolutely gives me clarity why so many business leaders are sitting in a pew not comprehending their role. In the Old, in, in the old Testament, Prophets were assigned to kings. Prophets were assigned to kings. David had Nathan. He also had Samuel, the prophet. So kings actually had prophets that came and assigned to them and spoke to them. Now, priests also were there, but the king would go to the priest, but the priest wasn't sent to the, to the king. The prophet was sent to the king. So kings are understood by prophets more than they're understood by the priest. This is a big piece. Okay, so what that means is priests have a robe, okay? Kings have a throne or have a crown. What happens is because so many priests do not understand the king and his role in the space called the market, what they do is when you come in, they remove your crown and they put their robe on you. And what they want you to do is trade the robe for the crown and become a part of the temple work rather than a part of the work God has called you to, which is your space in the business field. So most pastors don't understand kings. And so what they do is they, what they do understand is the temple. That's why they remove the crown and wrap a robe around you so that they can make you a part of the temple instead of understanding, oh, let's see, we have 150 business leaders in here. That's 150 crowns. I'm here to equip them so they can do the work of the ministry and the field God's called them to. See, I'm passionate about this, man. I, I this is this is my space in my zone. So, in order for the business leader to thrive, he's got to be connected to somebody who actually understands him or her as a king, 
so that they can get equipped as a king and thrive in their role as a king in the space they're called to, which is market, which means there's tons of people in the marketplace, which is why I'm saying that there's going to be the, I believe the next five years, the greatest move will come through business leaders and not just through the church world. So when you have an understanding that kings have their role, their place, instead of removing their crown, you shine it, you polish it, you empower them with it, and then you help them run. And next time they come back and report all that God is doing, you give them more equipping, more empowerment so they can run and thrive and do even greater. Amen. That's so good. And you were talking the other day uh, with me about how we're trying to take off our garments rather than wear the garments. You want, you want to? Oh, yes. Yes. That was so, so neat. Yes. So the garments, uh, well, there's two kinds of garments we need to address. The garment of who you are and the garment of holiness and righteousness. Okay. And actually, we kind of just addressed it when we were talking about kings and business leaders. It is so often that many people around us, because we're misunderstood, they try to robe us with something else or garment us with something else. And here's what they're really saying. A, I don't know who you are or I don't know your role. And B, I'm uncomfortable with your role, but I'm really comfortable with mine. So why don't you put my garments on so you look like me? That way I'm going to be really comfortable with you. Let me just talk to every single business leader out there. I don't, regardless of what your role is, you have been misunderstood by the church. She has misplaced your crown and tried to wrap a robe or a garment uh, around you that is different than yours. And it's awkward for you. Just think of it like David and Saul. When David was going to fight Goliath, what did he do? Saul said, mm, just not going to happen that way. He tried to put his garments, his own weaponry on David. And David was smart enough to go, no, this doesn't work for me. I need to do my own thing. So listen, you need to fly in the garment that God has given you. Bar none. You don't need a new garment. You need the garment that God has given you, which means be the man, be the woman that God created you to be in the space God's created you to be at. That's number one. Secondly, the second garment is this. And I'm sorry, not the second garment, but the second garment we want to talk about. The garment or the robes of righteousness, the robes of holiness. Glenn, how many times have you and I talked about people trying to become more holy, trying to become more righteous? Try okay, well, trying to become holy is unbiblical. Second Corinthians 5.17. He made him who knew no sin to become sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. Okay? So here's the reality. When you and I, everyone listening, when you all came to Christ, you were given the robe of righteousness and the robe of holiness. That was allocated to you. Jesus took your sin, put righteousness on you. And when he did, he didn't give you 20%. He didn't give you 80%. He didn't give you 99 so you could work out the rest. He gave you 100%. And, and here's the thing, his righteousness. I mean, that's incredibly powerful. And so what we often do is we're trying to derobe ourselves by saying, well, I need to get more righteous. I need to be more holy. I need to you know, gain more. I need to act more holy and I need to act more righteous. What we're doing in essence is we've taken off the pure robe of righteousness and holiness that Christ put on us saying, and really here's what we're saying, you didn't do a good enough job. Whether we like it or not, what we're really telling Jesus is, 
your robe just ain't working. So we're going to try to work this out on our own. And that's the robe of the Pharisees. We're going to get our own righteousness and we're going to get our own holiness. It doesn't work that way. So let me just give you some peace and some freedom and a breakthrough right here. Stop trying to change your robes, period. Your robe of righteousness and your robe of holiness is pure, righteous, 100%. It is the righteousness and robe of Christ himself. He actually took his robe and wrapped it around you and said, righteous and holy. So there's no need to try to be more holy or be more righteous. You're fully 100% the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Okay? So stop trying to change your garments. You don't need any more. You already are righteous. When God views Glenn, he's viewing Glenn. Ah, oh, there's my righteous son. Ah, oh, there's my holy son. That's how he views you. Now, does that mean we never do anything wrong? Of course not. We've done stuff wrong. We've sinned. We've blown it. But a righteous, what is this? This is, as a matter of fact, this is amazing. What does the scripture say about a man falling? It says, the righteous fall. It calls him the righteous. It doesn't say the sinner falls. It says the righteous falls seven times and gets back up. So it even addresses us while we're sinning as righteous. So you've got to get, you've got to die to the Old Testament mindset, which is, you aren't 100% righteous. You are trying to work out righteousness. The new concept is it's a better covenant. It's the covenant of Christ. You're fully righteous. You're fully holy. And when a righteous man falls, what do we do? We get back up and walk in our righteousness that we already have. Amen. Amen. Boy, we, hey, that that's what we've been teaching here too, Jeff. That just fits in. Man. It fires me up. And again, a king to operate in that king that king level to know our identity of, of who we are. And again, that's the scripture in Second Corinthians five uh, twenty one is 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 that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And, the, and I know when I got that revelation, that just really radically changed because. Uh, somehow what we're trained and, and taught is hey, we're still sinners. You know, I'm a sinner saved by grace. No, we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And and when and then see, because it's it's the revelation that keeps moving us in into this relationship. And as you talk about with the Father, with the Father, uh, because it's through Jesus that He made us righteous, and it's the Holy Spirit that's revealing who we are. And that just so far. And again, and, and I remember you just saying this to me, is that what we're trying to do is take those garments off of righteousness and holiness. No, I, I'm not good enough. I can't wear this. My performance right. isn't there. So let me let me take this garment off. But that's the way he made us. He made us that before right. uh, the beginning of, of, of the earth. He knew our day. And we're written in that book of life. And so, oh, Jeff, that's, right. that's just so powerful. Well, Glenn, and, and, and when you and I were talking about this the other day, I, I, I want to paint an a, a really dramatic illustration, okay? Me saying, or Glenn saying that he wants to become more righteous. He wants to become more, he's not holy enough. He's not righteous enough. He needs to become more. That's like saying, I need to become more Glenn. That's like Glenn saying, I need to become more Glenn. What? I, that's impossible. You can't become more Glenn than you already are. You are Glenn Reppel. You can't possibly become more Glenn Reppel. There, there's, there's no possible way. You can't shift out of your body. You could actually go get work done, 
to look, I mean, you could go get some, you know, some cosmetic work done to make yourself look gorgeous, kind of like this right here. But we, you know, that I died. I digress. That's a whole different thing. <laughs> you can't become, <laughs> I, I'm my greatest commentator and my greatest encourager, just so you know. Listen, everybody out there, you cannot become more than you than you already are. Okay. Also, you can't become more righteous and more holy than Jesus has already made you, period. So stop trying to get more righteousness and holiness. Just live in the fact that I'm righteous and holy because of Christ. He put it on me. I'm walking in it. I may fall, but as a righteous person that falls, I righteously get back up and keep walking in righteousness. Boy, that is the message of the gospel, isn't it? That is just so good. There's Powerful. such freedom in knowing that there's no guilt, there's no condemnation. And we're, and we talk about the tree of life so much and that veil is, and, right. and, get, and to get this, Jeff, we can't get that with just the mental ascent. That's got to come right. through the Holy Spirit. Uh, and so, so that's the guide. This is truth. This is the truth uh, that's right. being spoken. But Glenn, you know what helps, you, you know where the battle is with this? The battle is when I'm walking as a servant mindset, Yes. I believe I have to create my my own righteousness or holiness. When I moved into sonship, he solidified and gave me peace. Think about when Jesus is getting baptized, okay? And he hears these words from heaven. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, okay? What amazing words to hear from God the Father. You are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Now think about this. He's well pleased with Jesus who up to that moment had done not one stitch of ministry. No souls being saved, no kingdom being implanted, imparted, no bodies being healed, no demons being cast out, not one drop of ministry. He, he's not in the performance mode. He's in sonship mode. When you are a servant, you're in performance mode. When you're in sonship, you're in father-son mode. And when you're in that, the father speaks to you. And when the father speaks to you, you have clarity. And when you have clarity, you have revelation. When you have revelation, you have joy and peace and understanding. The reason I know I'm in holiness and righteousness is because I'm a son whom God has made righteous. I'm not a servant trying to acquire righteousness. So here's the here's an understanding. If you are trying to convince yourself to become more holy, you're still in a servant mindset. But if you move over into sonship mindset, the father is saying, you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. As a matter of fact, here, here's a verse and a word that's going to set a whole bunch of you free right now. Jesus said in John 17, he said these words. He said, I want the world to know that the father loves them just as he loves me. No differently. So Jesus is saying, as much as the Father loves me, if, if you were to put a scale out and say, here's 100% and you know, here's zero, people think God loves them 20%, 80%, 40%, 90%, but he don't love me like Jesus. Jesus' own words, and we know he only speaks the truth. And he said, I only speak those things that I see the Father do or do the things I see my Father do. Jesus said these words, that the world may know that the Father loved them as just as he loved me. And then he went on to say these, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. Here's your freedom, my friends. God loved you before the foundation of the world. And he says to you, no differently than he said to Jesus, you are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter in whom I am well pleased. 
break away from servant mindset, gain hold of a son and daughtership mindset and understand your father, your heavenly father loves you just as much as he loves Jesus. And he's saying to you, you are my beloved son, my beloved daughter, and I am well pleased with you. That's your freedom. Amen. 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 So now we're sons and daughters. How do we move into that dominion mandate as, as kings and rule over? What, what's, what's that look like? Well, I think that, you know, look, there's, there's a, um, he's given us authority. He's given us power and he's given us anointing. Okay. Yes. And you, I, I always say it this way on the fifth thing that God said in Genesis one, one which is, um, dominate. I say it this way, only Kings can dominate. Okay. Now, Here's here's something really important to understand about business and the business world and the business leaders. And this is something that God highlighted to me. And so we're going to come back to the how do we dominate? We need everybody to hear this loud and clear. Jesus said something that was mind-blowing. It's the story of the um the unjust servant who's getting ready to get fired. So he looks around, he's getting fired. He's like, man, I'm too proud to beg. I don't know what I'm going to do. I can't go work at 7-Eleven. I know what I do. How much do you owe my master? A hundred. Great. Write him a check for 50. How much do you owe him? 80. Write him a check for 40. Jesus is telling this is a parable. Okay. He says, the master commended the unjust steward because he was shrewd. Shrewd means wise. He operated wisely. After Jesus gives that parable, listen to the words that he says. He says, and know this, the sons of the world are wiser than the sons of the kingdom. I've never heard anybody preach on that. I was reading it one time. God gave me a revelation. He said, the sons of the world know how better how to transact the agenda of darkness than the sons of light know how to transact the agenda of the kingdom. Mm. Okay, now watch. Here's your proof. Bezos, Musk, Bill Gates. Zuckerberg, every one of them is pushing agendas. Every single one of them. As a matter of fact, Bill Gates is not a doctor, chemist, or a biologist, but his wealth and his influence he's using to promote vaccines. Again, he's not a doctor. Now, I don't want to go into all the dark side of it, but all I can say is Bill Gates does not have the agenda of the kingdom. Um, Elon Musk is not a crypto guy. But about a year ago, he got up and said one word about crypto and shifted the whole market and changed something in crypto simply because of his word. What am I saying? You have to move from king who's dominating in your space to kingdom, which means you influence your world. So what God said to me is the sons of the world steward their influence and their, I'm sorry, they steward their wealth and their influence. He said, my sons that have wealth steward their wealth, but they don't steward their influence. That's why the dark agenda is advancing more because they've used their success to influence the world and the world is listening to them. So part of my mandate is to wake up kings, not only to become a king who dominates in their space, but moves into the latter portion, which is using your influence to advance the kingdom of God. So we are advancing the kingdom throughout the whole world. Does that make sense? Amen. Amen. So we want business leaders to steward their wealth and your influence, which means you start in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. So where do we start? We start with our own people and our own team. We start promoting the gospel to them. We pray for the sick. We um, tell them about Christ. 
We offer Bible studies. I got business leaders that are now doing Bible studies in their business, um, or they're doing it offsite. They're offering prayer. They're offering pay it forward. They're taking up um, funds so that they can help people with um, financial issues and challenges. They're sharing the gospel with people. So what are they doing? They're using their platform of influence, their their wealth, to now gravitate towards influence and bring the kingdom message to all those in their sphere, which whole, hopefully ultimately grows and grows and expands and expands until we actually have some real true kingdom advancement taking place. Yeah. So that's what it means to move from king to kingdom. That's when you start stewarding your wealth and your influence, and you're actually impacting your space with the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. Jeff, this is so, so great. And any last words you'd want to just kind of close us with? Because, yeah, and again, you and I talked quite a bit, and we just keep going on and just feed off of each other. But, and, and again, I guess a part of this too uh, the kingdom uh, is heaven and earth. And when we're operating in that heavenly kingdom filled with the, uh, the, the, the kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy, uh, living in, 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 in inside of this tabernacle, this body, because uh, the Holy Spirit needed, the, the, the heaven needed a, a body to live in and to operate, to have the dominion. Otherwise, like you were just talking about, we're just going to be operating in a secular world Versus as a king in the kingdom of God uh, to bring righteousness, the love of Christ to earth. Uh, so, Jeff, uh, yeah, just thank you. And so, so what's your thoughts? Yeah, fantastic. Well, just a couple of things. You, you asked earlier the question. I want to answer that. You asked about how, how do you dominate in the space as a king? How do you move to that place where you're actually dominating? So you have to ask, you have to answer the five questions. You have to look at the five attributes. The number one thing you have to ask is, am I producing? Okay, that's number one, both in business and for the glory of God. Jesus said in John 15, he said, by this, my father is glorified that you produce much fruit. So you have to ask your question is, number one, am I producing in business? Am I doing what I'm supposed to do in business and actually producing faithfully? Am I successfully producing? The second part of producing is, am I producing fruit that glorifies God in my business? So that's number one, okay? That's, that's when you know you're on your way to dominating. The second thing, Am I multiplying? Am I scaling? Meaning, again, two things in business and in um, the spiritual side. Am I am I multiplying? Meaning, am I producing and then multiplying what I'm producing? Am I scaling it so that our business can impact more or we can have greater success? So am I scaling the business? But the second part of uh, multiplying is, am I multiplying the message that God has given me into other people? Like Glenn, Glenn is absolutely producing and multiplying. You take the revelation God gives you and you're putting them out on a podcast. You actually have meetings that you're building. So you're taking the message of the kingdom and getting it to other people, okay? The third thing, and this is where the majority stop, Glenn. Most people are in business are producing. Most are multiplying. Here's where most stop, influence. It says produce, multiply, and fill the earth. Fill the earth means you're to fill the earth with the glory of God. Fill it with, with the message of the gospel of the kingdom and of Christ, okay? So they might be filling the earth with their business, but are they filling the earth with the advancement of the kingdom? Are they using their influential platform to create an opportunity for other people to come into the kingdom or be ministered to by the kingdom? That's the major piece. When you're influencing, now you can say you're starting to really, truly dominate, Okay. 
The fourth thing is, of course, discipline. Subduing means to bring things, sub make things subject to you or subjecting things to you. It means you're not bowing down to the enemy. You're not bowing down to temptation. You're not bowing down to greed. You're not bowing down to um, corruption. Okay. You're disciplined. You're showing up. You're fulfilling your, your mandates. You're doing all that you were created to do. When you're doing all four of those, that moves you to the place of dominating as a king. When you're dominating, that means you're fulfilling the full mandate of God. You've become a king who's advancing the kingdom. And that is the place where you glorify God. Amen. Amen. Oh, Jeff, what, what an honor. Uh, wow. 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 We can keep, keep on going here. Uh, but of course. Yes. Thank you so much. Uh, and, and, uh, uh, and we'll, we'll, uh, at the end here, uh, uh, uh post a, a, a place where people can get a hold of you, Jeff, if they have questions and yes. we'll put, we'll put that up on a screen for them that where they can look at that. But uh, what a treat this has been to have Jeff here. And, uh, and it just fits in, uh, kind of like everything we've been speaking of in kingdom living, but from Genesis to revelation, it's about the revelation of who Jesus is, and as Christ is seen for who he really is, who we are will also be revealed. So we're here as sons and kings to dominate and to bring the kingdom of God to earth. Uh, Jeff, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Absolutely. And Glenn, if they want more information, they can go to producingkings.com, producingkings.com. And um, that'll be up and they can get more information or, or get in contact with me or whatever they'd like. You know, as as uh, as uh, I was having the uh, pleasure of 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 listening to all this, you know, Glenn, it just really reinforces something that we've talked about so many times. I know as you travel around and you uh, and you share a little bit the message of the fraud book, what we keep getting the feedback about is that that book is really helping people understand their identity. And as we've talked about so many times in today's marketplace. Uh, there is so much confusion as to identity out there. It's very hard for somebody who's not really, um, I guess what I would say, uh, actively seeking the Lord to, to really get the, get a grip on that. And, and, and uh, Jeff, I just wanted to compliment as you were uh, sharing that whole process of, of moving from and explaining the difference between servanthood and to sonship and then uh, to royalty and then to kingship, um, you, what you're really speaking is exactly uh, the same message, right? It's all about identity. I just that just comes through so so loud and clear in everything that both of you were talking about today. Fascinating. Well, when you have a, um, I had heard a, a story, a tragic story about an airplane that had crashed in, I think it was Bogota, Colombia. This is years and years and years ago, 20, 30 years ago, and they couldn't figure out how the plane ended up because it was so far off target. And what they had said was when they had first taken off, and I don't know what they call the particular instrument, but their degree was off by 3% from the, you know, from supposed to be on this heading, they had it off 3%. 3% from here to hundred feet down the road is nothing. Three degrees off is nothing. But three degrees off, when you get 500 miles down the road, you run into a mountain and it killed everybody on the airplane. What we have is a whole bunch of people that have not yet had a great identification alignment. And so their identification is a few degrees off. And because of that, they're not able to fully acquire the identity of who God truly created them to be. 
And so as they get that alignment and get their degrees back on course, which is sun, royalty, king and kingdom, that's when everything starts to align. And, and you don't have to do the full picture, but start from moving from sonship, I'm sorry, from moving from servant mindset to sonship. Because once that takes place, everything else starts rolling in. Yeah. You know, I, I and again, Glenn, I couldn't help but thinking too, as we were going through this, this is why it's so important that really so often at the end of a, of, of a teaching uh, edition of the Kingdom Living podcast, you always take a moment and go through the Believer's Declaration of Rights. And then, and then as we talked about uh, in the appendix of the Frog Book, you also have uh, those uh, I am's and it's, and it's really all, everything we're talking about is getting a sense of that identity uh, of who God sees you at, not as the world calls you or says that you might be. And that's what's so absolutely revelation. I can't wait to personally uh, visit the, the website that we're talking about. Again, can you, can you say that one more time for those who may be watching and want to access that? Absolutely. It's producingkings.com. Producingkings.com. And that's producing, plural. Producingkings.com. Yeah. Producingkings.com. What a what a wonderful, there's an affirmational uh, title to your website right there. But what I wanted to say, again, if you're new to this and you, you've been enjoying this podcast, we always ask people, like and share. Uh, bring, bring this message to others. Uh, get them infused with a sense of identity that they get because once you understand who you are then you're really ready to adopt kingdom living and glenn we always come to the end of uh, each broadcast and ask you to pray for everyone within the sound of our voices uh and and what a great message today for us to really appropriate who we are amen 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 thank just thank you thank you father we we come to you uh, in in the in Yeshua's name and Father, we 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 thank you that we can call you Father. You are our Father. We are your sons, uh, and you love us. And just oh, how that just came across so much through through Jeff and Father. We we thank you for your word, the truth, your truth. And Father, we worship in spirit and truth. And we just we just thank you for that word that you've you've hidden in our heart, and Father, that uh, we just we just we have such a, a hunger uh, for your truth and your word, and Father, just uh, we know that uh, you, you impacted lives today, and we just thank you that 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 those who are listening today and watching and hearing uh, would just seek you, your kingdom. And Father, we just, we thank you. We thank you for this time. We thank you for this, this medium that we're able to use of, of, of internet and, 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 and that we can speak your truth out there. And Father, we just lift up your name, your name above all names. And it's the name of Yeshua, Jesus. And we lift this up in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You know, I just love how it all ties together. So nobody says, let's have a script before we do a Kingdom Living podcast. It's just the Holy Spirit steps in, and there you have it. So again, thank you for joining us for this edition of Kingdom Living Podcast with Glenn Reppel. And today, also excellent, excellent message from Jeff Bigsby. And we look forward to seeing you on the next edition of Kingdom Living Podcast. We'll see you soon. God bless you.